Hello, I'm Gemma Frith and welcome to Wolves Weekly, where I'm joined as usual by club commentator Mikey Burrows. How are you doing, Mikey? Hello, yes, I'm very well, thank you. Hello, Gemma. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we are recording this on International Women's Day, so happy International Women's Day. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. What a day and what a perfect opportunity to celebrate all women in football because there are some incredible women in the industry at the moment um this week has also been a great one for our wolves women team who've had the announcement that the women's fa cup is returning which is absolutely fantastic news after not being able to play for such a long time they'll be playing nottingham forest women's team on sunday the 4th of april so it's absolutely fantastic to have them back and hopefully it will also be followed up by some good news on their league as well because they are currently top of the league so it'd be fantastic if that returned as well yeah, it was getting for them last year because they were doing so well and when everything got called off, it was such a disappointment. Um, they're an interesting group. I did a few interviews with them for the end of year awards, end of season awards at the back end of last season. I know you've done stuff with yeah. with them recently, doing a teammates thing. Yeah, it was great. Um, I got to speak to a couple of the team who, yeah, and at the time of recording, you know, they hadn't been playing for a while and it was doubtful whether they'd be returning this season. So the mood was quite low, but they were speaking about all of their teammates um, and it was great to get to know them a little bit more, see what goes on behind the scenes in the dressing room. So if anyone hasn't watched it, I do encourage you to go and uh, have a watch. It was a, a really, really interesting chat. But yeah, I'm just so pleased for them that they can now get back on the pitch uh, on the 4th of April and yeah and hopefully continue their season in the league as well that would be amazing and they really deserve it you know after last year you know having their season voided this season starting again and doing so well and getting to the top of the league and then you know the the risk of it being voided again like I just really really hope hope for them that they get to continue um because it must be it must be really hard to have so many setbacks like that I'm Imagine it's, it's really challenging. So yeah, hopefully all the best for them. Now, this International Women's Day, uh, their theme is Choose to Challenge, where they want everyone to call out gender bias when they encounter it, whether that's in their personal life, whether it's at work, uh, on social media. Um, and you know, in football, there is a huge amount of encouragement and positivity around women in football. But there is still, unfortunately... A little bit of negativity from the minority. It's a perfect opportunity on International Women's Day and this week that if any of our listeners hear or see anything, um, any gender bias, any discrimination of any sort, I mean, we've been reminded a lot over the past year that there really is no room for any form of discrimination in football or anywhere. Um, and I think this week, let's particularly have a think about any gender bias that we might have, you know, might have in ourselves, might be an opportunity to self-reflect a little bit and ensure we're all doing our utmost and yeah just let's just celebrate all the women in our lives and um it's the perfect opportunity to uh give them a bit of spotlight and um yeah and celebrate what they do it's fantastic well yeah and rather than me talking on this subject <laughs> you should be the one talking on this subject <laughs> i mean you know do you feel like there is some of that sometimes and i wondered like you know when we talk about people needing inspirations and stuff, like mm. I was just talking to you before we started about Rachel Hayhoe Flint, yeah. who was a, an incredible pioneer in a, in women's sports, certainly in cricket anyway, and for a lot of other things as well. Who were your people that you looked up to that made you want to get in and do this? Well, you know, I think it's it's so important for everybody who watches football to see themselves represented in the sports that they watch. I mean, not just football, in any sport. Um, and I think just being able to have more women on screen, it's just so vital to encourage future generations to, A, enjoy enjoy more sport and, and get involved more, but also to aspire to have, have careers in the industry as well. And, um, you, and now we're very lucky to have 
far more figures in the industry and there's a lot more visibility for females in football which is which is fantastic you know I think there's sometimes still a little bit of unconscious bias I think that happens like I remember like last year obviously at the moment with restrictions like um, there not being fans in the stadium there's been a couple of times where I've gone to grounds and the women's toilets aren't in use and I don't think there's anyone like deliberately like locking the toilets like, yeah. it's just like an unconscious bias where they've just assumed there's not going to be any women on site that would need access to them and I think that the more we have women in sport the more we encourage females to um, take on roles in the industry the more those sorts of things will, will phase out over time and um, I think that's why it's, it's so important to just like if innocence like that occur or if there is you know maybe some more nastiness which I've been lucky enough not to um, not to come across yet myself I've just been I've had so much encouragement and support I've had a, I've had a really really positive experience so far but um, there is some of that negativity out there and I think that you know we need to ensure there's no more sort of blocks for women to enter the industry and to enjoy sport more. So the more we can do to call out gender bias as and when it occurs and encourage more women into the industry so that there are those figures for young girls and more inspirational people, then yeah, that, that would be, that'd be brilliant. That would be so good. Well, I mean, you look at people like Jackie Oatley, of course, part of the Wolves yes. family, uh, Lindsay Hooper, who I know you'll know oh, really well Lindsay. from <laughs> working in previous things, but another part of the Wolves family. I just think it's really important to to kind of focus on these bits. And, you know, that's why I didn't want to speak on this bit in that <laughs> sense, because it's not it's not my experience. You know, I've never had to I've never had to go through that. And I, I can't you know, I can I can empathize to an extent, but it, it's your story, I guess. And, and that's important. Yes, no, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for us all to just sort of self-reflect, think a little bit about um, the women in our lives and the women in football and what more we can do to create space for uh, females in the industry. So yeah, no, it's great to be able to have the opportunity to speak about it today. I feel very, very privileged to be able to do this. Um, but yeah, let's talk now about Aston Villa on Saturday. Now it ended nil-nil, but we weren't short of chances in the second half, including two attempts on goal from Connor Cody. Now after his goal at Man City last week, is this something that we should be expecting to see more from him now? <laughs> I, I found it, I, I, I find it fascinating, the element of it for three years, we didn't see him go over the halfway line. And then, you know, almost like that London buses thing, like he scores one in the week. Yep. And he, yeah, you're right, he could have had a couple. And I was trying to say to the boys on Matchday Live Extra about whether, um, you know, teams in the in the days leading up to a game when they're doing their training and they work on set pieces and defending set pieces, mm -hmm. generally they might assign a few players that, you know, you're going to mark him, you're going to mark him, blah, blah, blah. Clearly, they probably wouldn't anticipate that Connor Cody would be going forwards. And therefore, is it actually, you know, and you can't do this forever, obviously, and you can't do it all the time, mm. but sometimes sending him forwards will cause a bit of havoc because mm, people will be surprise. like, yeah, like who, who marks him? Who yeah. picks him up? And the guys were kind of saying, you know, well, a lot of teams do zonal marking these days and that kind of thing. But it also just creates another player in there who, you know, we know Connor from the way he defends that he's the kind of player that is all action and will make sure he gets to the ball if he can so I'm not surprised that it was like a magnet to him when he got in the penalty area you know I, I, I think he must have been gutted that he hadn't scored himself yeah. afterwards but it shows an element to Wolves play that 
they're going to have to try and do a little bit more of because we're still in this situation where we're trying to find where are the goals coming from. And it is difficult, and it's difficult to score in the Premier League at the best of times. So if they can add different elements to it, because teams at this stage of the season, they know what Pedro Neto's about. They know where they need to send him to try and nullify him. Yeah, It's the same with Adama Traore. Teams are working on William Jose at the minute and are shutting him down and, and creating things. So that's partly why I think Ruben Neves has started scoring the goals that he has because he started to get himself into the penalty area more. Yeah. And we saw at Newcastle, that's the benefit of it because you know William Jose can take a player away and that creates the space for him. If Connor Cody is going to add to that now then all the better because we need to find goals from other areas of the field. We can't always just rely on those main guys up top. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of of all of our starting 11, probably the most unlikely character from the opposition's perspective to score would be Connor Cody. So um, it is great to see him in more goal-scoring opportunities. It's no secret that we need to improve our first-half performances. And I think we saw that at Aston Villa on Saturday. But we did keep a clean sheet. And I think that's definitely a positive that we can take away from the match. Yeah, I think the first half thing is a is a real conundrum. And we were trying to discuss this on Match Day Live Extra. Mm. And it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on in certain games. Because you're right... It's not It's not that they're playing necessarily badly in some of these things. It's just that I don't know whether there's an element to them that because they've been so good in their fitness terms in recent seasons that they have become a second-half team, that they know that they have it within their legs to get, to go for it. Yet this season, they've actually conceded quite a lot of goals in the second half, which is not necessarily what they did in previous seasons. But they have looked more like to score. <laughs> yeah. So it's a real interesting one that I, I'm not sure there is a definitive answer as to as to why this has been the case it might just be a coincidence element that you know everything that's come together in terms of the injuries that we've had as well the fact that they are playing every couple of days you know there must have been a tiredness element to it after all the work they got through at Man City mm, you know for yeah. 80 minutes Man City they were very much in that game they weren't great first half let's be honest but Man City was superb yeah. but second half they went through and they put some real pressure on Man City and all of that builds up so when you get to Saturday and you're against a team who have got a couple of changes who are a little bit fresher who didn't have the season we had last season and I still I, I don't know whether I'm a broken record on this gem but I still think people forget just how long last season was because <laughs> yes. We were on the go from the Premier League Asia Trophy, which means that our players were back at pretty yes, much the start of, of June. Yeah, early start as well. I yeah. about that. Then we had competitive, and, you know, and they were fairly competitive because that was our warm-up for the mm. Europa League qualifiers. So we were on the go for com competitive football from the 25th of July. And that went all the way through till August in Germany. So all of those players, mentally and physically, were absolutely exhausted yeah. and they had two weeks off and then many of them had to go off with their countries there was no pre-season literally it was two days and then we were up and running at Sheffield United mm. and that's the context I think that people need to bear in mind when if you if there's any criticism 
of the way Wolves have gone about it this season, it, you have to look at it and go, these players have given their absolute all and haven't had any downtime for well over a year, mm. getting close to two years now. And whilst they are still showing that ability in the second half of matches to literally dig deep and go to that well mm. and find something to keep themselves going and actually become the better team in the second half of games, I really don't see that as a negative at the moment. You know, mm. you've got to give them credit for the way that they are being able to do that in matches, in really tough matches. It's again a cliche. There are no easy matches in the Premier League. Yeah. And these players are still doing it. Yes, there are things we want them to improve on. Yes, there are things that they will want to improve on. But at the moment, they've lost one game in seven now. One yeah. game in six, one game in seven. You know, they are they're mid-table. And I think that's okay at the moment. There are still plenty of games to go. Mm -hmm. There are still plenty of points to win. Let's see where we are at the end of this season and regroup and finally allow our players to have a little bit of a rest. Yeah, I bet they're all looking forward to that summer break more than ever, yes. more than ever at the moment. And we do have some good fixtures coming up as well. Uh, but first, we do have to face Liverpool, who are the current reigning champions. Although with their current form, perhaps we'll have a slightly better chance um, than we did earlier in the season. Um We've got the weekend off and then we're, of course, hosting them on Monday evening. And don't forget, there are virtual tickets available for this match as well. So if you haven't got them already, we did speak about it a couple of weeks ago on Wolves Radio. Um, you can get a virtual ticket for the match, which is £20, and that will provide 10 vital meals uh, for people in the community in Wolverhampton who are the most at need. So, yeah, make sure you get your virtual tickets for that game as well. How do you think that's going to go, Mikey? Well... What I've just spoken about, about Wolves being tired mm. and that having an impact on this season, perfectly applies to Liverpool right yes, now. Yes, definitely. You know, they are in their worst losing run at home in their history, I think. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's remarkable. It's a long time, yeah. And you consider just how good and dominant they were over the last couple of seasons. Not just last season, but mm -hmm. the season before and even in the last couple of years. We're, everybody's being affected in different ways by what's happened in, in the football landscape over the last couple of years. And Liverpool, again, are a team that have suffered injuries and tiredness is beginning to play its part. Mm. And that's having an effect and they are not getting the results that they want. There is also an element that I think is worth pointing out. And again, this was a discussion we were having on, on Matchday Live Extra with um, Stylian Petrov, the former Villa player, joined us pre-game. And we were talking about the element of there being no fans. Mm -hmm. And you know, we've spoken about this before, and we've just gone past the, the year anniversary, and I know we're going to come on to fans reminiscing in a moment. But the amount of away wins without fans is up. And you look at, I think it's after... After uh, Sheffield United beat Villa last Wednesday, yeah. I think this weekend it was all like draws and away wins. Right, yeah. It's yeah. So, now that I think about the results in this weekend, I think you're right, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I, you know, I think Spurs probably is the, the difference to that. <laughs> but it's so much easier to play at the moment because you don't have crowds in. Yeah. So, you know, the the mentality of away teams is completely different. So 
we can look at what Liverpool have done at home and that plays its part because teams can go to Liverpool and play in a different way. We unfortunately had to go there when there were some fans yeah. there and it, was, and it was a different period for us as well. But in this circumstance, Liverpool are going to come to Molyneux and normally Molyneux would be absolutely rocking. I've talked to you in the past about like the, in, the incredible atmosphere, like the hairs on your arm sticking up. It's, you know, on the back of your Absolutely neck just incredible. grabs you. And we put a brilliant video out, by the way, across social media over the weekend, just giving a flavour of it. And it won't be the same for Liverpool. They can come and they can just go about their normal game. They're still a good team, let's be honest. And they're still going to create some threats. But I like where Wolves are going, Gem. I don't know about you, and I know you've, you know, you've been there the last couple of matches as well to see them in person. There are elements to Wolves' play where you know you see Neto flying, and when Adama kicks into gear, and Ruben Neves at the moment, some of his passing range is superb. I don't know about you. I think there are elements there that I think, yeah, we can go there. We can give them an almighty game. Yeah, I'm actually, I've got a really good feeling about it on Monday. I think that this is a great opportunity for us um, to face Liverpool again. You know, obviously in the reverse fixture, it didn't go so well. And I think there is, there is maybe a sort of an element and perhaps it's another debate of the fact that they did have fans um, in the stadium. But, you know, is there like a sort of bit of an unfair advantage there in a way? Like, you know, there were some, some teams in the Premier League at different points in the season that were able to have up to 2,000 fans. You know, that does really, really drive a team. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to be able to host them on uh, Monday and and see how see how that goes i've i've got a good feeling i'm i'm hoping that it will go well but of course liverpool are such an incredible team and after the run they've had they're going to be fighting more than ever to get some points um get some points on the board so we're going to be facing them at a really difficult period for them but also at a period where they're really really desperate to do well so it's going to be a real a real battle for us um but yeah as you said it's it's been a, a year last weekend since we last had fans in Molyneux uh so this week we actually asked fans on social media for their favorite memories watching Wolves at home and we had some great responses uh, some of the most popular we had a couple of people choose Jota's goal against Man United in the FA Cup quarterfinal in 2019 which of course ended 2-1 someone that mentioned that was Matthew he's been coming to Molyneux since uh, 1992 but he said that day stands out for him in particular listen that was uh, uh, an incredibly special occasion and something that anyone who was there will never forget Connor Cody chose that match as his golden game which is a podcast that you can listen to now uh, <laughs> check it out Wolves app and wolves.co.uk and all of uh, the best places to find podcasts um, uh, it was do you know the the funny thing with that game I talk about fans and there was a camera in the South Bank that they put in for the TV coverage and it captures the moment perfectly when Jota just barges Luke Shaw and leaves him on the deck and runs through. And it's that moment and this is what I, this is what I miss, right? And forgive me for this because this will sound weird uh, but, like, uh, but you, you'll get this as well because you've been to lots of football matches. Like, there's a moment just before a goal goes in where like you can hear a pin drop yeah. where the anticipation is there and it, it's a, it's palpable right 
and you get to that moment and it's like and then the euphoria lifts <laughs> and from the camera in the stand you can see it perfectly as the fans are all poised ready waiting arms are like half up like half are we... out the seat. <laughs> yeah 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 are, are we gonna go yes we go <laughs> And they talk about limbs and limb celebrations of when Wolves fans are concerned are epic at times. <laughs> and to me, that's what that goal and that game was all about. Because the Jimenez goal was brilliant. You know, it was a wonderful turn. And again, there's a brilliant camera angle from the other end this time that shows Connor Cody race past everybody to be the first one to celebrate <laughs> with him. But that Jota goal, the anticipation from the crowd, and then the moment that it sparked that's why it is right up there as one of the most special games. Absolutely magical, yeah. I can see why it was it was a popular choice. The other popular choice was another Manchester team, Manchester City, our incredible comeback on uh, the 27th of December last season where we beat them 3-2 at home and also secured the double over the then reigning champions, which was just such an incredible feat. and The best Christmas present ever, I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> Angela says that she remembers being in the Billy Wright stand with her mum and has never known it to be so noisy. This game, right, uh, there's a commentary line which we used in the montage that we put out on social media where I said this, uh, this famous old stadium is literally shaking down to its foundations. <laughs> I have never experienced anything like it. There have been some stunning atmospheres at Molyneux in the 12 seasons or so that I've been commentating on the club. But this one is the best and it... From the moment where Edison gets sent off after about a quarter of an hour, you just felt like this could happen. We could actually go on and win this. <laughs> and then the penalty, and it's you know it's it's given by VAR for a start. And I still don't agree that it was a penalty. And I would still argue anybody to this day that it was the wrong decision to give that. Uh, yes, there's contact, but it's not a penalty. And then Connor Cody clears it from Maru Petitio's save, and it gets put behind. And then VAR says that Cody was in the box, <laughs> and they had to retake it again. And nobody, Jem, nobody ever talks about the fact that Rui Patricio saved two Sterling penalties what? in a row because yeah. Sterling taps in the rebound. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. It's unbelievable. Like, I can't, like, nobody <laughs> mentions it, Jem. Nobody. Right here, and we're doing it right now, Jem, on Wolves Radio. <laughs> giving him the credit that he deserves absolutely absolutely incredible incredible scenes um, i wish i wish i could have been there and i'm hoping that when we get fans back next season we'll have some of these moments again and one of the things i'm also looking forward to so much when we have fans back is samosa saturdays i've heard so much and it was one of our most popular responses on twitter i'm so excited to experience this for the first time see i don't get to go and do this kind of stuff no. like because obviously i'm that might mean i'm not either no, yeah, i mean <laughs> you, you probably have more time like i you know i'm getting ready for the game you're allowed <laughs> to go around you know you'll probably be actively encouraged to go outside the stadium <laughs> the only time i've ever done it was on the the welcome after pro on promotion mm -hmm. where all the fans lined up out, outside the stadium oh, amazing and all the flares were going as the coach arrived. And it was, it was genuinely such a remarkable moment. Like, you could not see down to the island, down Waterloo Road. It was ridiculous. Oh like, the throngs of people, smoke everywhere, the noise. 
It was great. Normally, I'm stuck inside and I'm on air and or about to go on air and do the coverage of the game. Um, but I'm really envious that if you're going to get to go out and experience just some of the flavour of what's going on outside oh, the stadium. Incredible. I'm really looking forward to it. And it'll be great to interact with the fans. Well, you know, we do a lot of match day content and, um, you know, filming sort of warm up to the game, uh, bits for social media in an empty stadium doesn't feel quite right and I'm really excited to be able to sort of get the fans involved as much as possible and you know be able to have that atmosphere again building up to the game I'm, I'm really really looking forward to it and lastly we had a more personal memory as well and I'm sure there's so many Wolves fans out there that can relate to moments like this where Stuart said that his favourite memory at Molyneux aside from the football um, was watching his daughter walk out onto the pitch as a ball girl for the first time and I'm sure there's so many people that have memories of going to see Wolves play at Molyneux with their family with their parents with their grandparents with their children grandchildren and being able to share that experience is incredible and we will all be together again soon It's lovely that though isn't it it's lovely to to hear from people on their on that basis of something really personal mm, yes. and it almost brings us back to what we were talking about right at the start about international women's day and stuff like you know if that little girl goes on to play for wolves women and walks yeah. out at molyneux as a player like imagine wow. the feeling for her family and stuff and for her as well and for that to come full circle like that's what it's about isn't it it's about the dream it's like one day this could be you and this could be in that situation and i think that's really special yeah really really inspiring that wraps up everything for today thank you so much for chatting Marky. i've really enjoyed this it's been a fantastic chat that we've had um, if you have any questions or anything else that you would like to contribute to our chat next week then please reach out to us on twitter at jen frith and at Mikey burrows and we'll see you then have a great week bye